0: listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work of the Venerable Maria Vagrata. If you'd like to get your own four volumes, head over to Tan Books, and at checkout, use the code PODCAST15, and you'll save 15% off. And if you'd like to discuss today's reading, you can do so at the Facebook group, Miskill City of God and Your Podcast, where you can interact with other readers and listeners. Today is day 79, and we are reading from book 2, chapter 18, paragraphs 689 to 701. Chapter 18 Other Afflictions of Our Queen, some of which were permitted by the Lord through the agency of creatures and of the ancient serpent. 689. The Most High continued to hide and conceal himself from the Princess of Heaven, and to this affliction, which was the most severe, His Majesty added others, in order to increase her merit, her grace, and her reward, thus inflaming more and more the most pure love of the Heavenly Lady. The great dragon and ancient serpent was not unwatchful of the heroic works of the Most Holy Mary, although he could not attain to the knowledge of her interior acts, since they were hidden from his view. Yet he scrutinized the exterior ones, which were so high and so perfect, as to arouse the pride and indignation of that envious fiend. For the purity and the sanctity of the child Mary tormented him beyond all calculation." 690. In his restless fury he called a conventicle of the infernal leaders in order to consult about the matter with the highest powers of hell. He addressed them as follows. The great triumph which we have until now obtained in the world by the possession of so many souls who are altogether subject to our wills is, I'm afraid and anxious, about to be undone and counteracted by a woman. We cannot make light of such a danger, for we have been warned since our creation and afterward heard the sentence confirmed against us, that the woman shall crush our head, Genesis 3.15. Therefore we must be watchful and discard all carelessness. You have already been notified of a child which was born of Anne, and is growing in age, and is at the same time distinguishing herself in virtue. I have paid careful attention to all her actions and movements, and I have not been able to discover in her the effects of the seeds of malice, which usually begin to show themselves at the dawn of reason and at the beginning of the activity of the passions in the rest of the children of Adam. I have always seen her composed and most perfect, without being able to incline or induce her to fall into the slightest human imperfections which are so natural in the other children. On this account I fear, lest she be the one chosen as mother of him, who is to become man. 6.91 Yet I cannot convince myself of this, for she was born of the rest of woman, and subject to the common laws of nature. Her parents offered prayers and sacrifices in atonement for her, and their own sins, and brought her to the temple just like other women, even if she is the one chosen as our enemy." Her childhood points to great things, and her exquisite virtue and holiness gives promise of still greater things later on. Nor can I bear the prudence and discretion with which she acts in all her affairs. Her wisdom enrages me, her modesty irritates me, her humility annihilates me and oppresses me, and her whole behavior provokes me to unbearable wrath. I abhor her more than all the children of Adam." There is in her a special power which often makes it impossible for me to approach her. If I assail her with suggestions, she does not admit them, and all my efforts in her regard until this hour have been entirely fruitless. Hence it is important for us all that we find a remedy, and we must make the greatest exertions, lest our power be ruined. I desire the destruction of this soul more than that of all the world. Tell me, then, what means and what contrivances must we use in order to overcome her? I will certainly offer high and liberal rewards to anyone who shall accomplish her downfall. 6.92 The matter was ventilated in that confused synagogue, convoked solely for our ruin, and one of the chiefs of the horrible council said, Our chief and lord, do not allow thyself to be tormented by such a small matter, for a weak little maiden cannot be so invincible and powerful As all of us that follow thee, thou hast deceived Eve, Genesis 3, 4, dragging her down from the high position which she held, and through her thou didst also conquer her head, Adam. Then why shouldst thou be able to overcome this woman, her descendant, who was born after the first fall? Promise thyself even at this moment such a victory, and in order to obtain it, we will persist in tempting her, though. She resists many times, and if necessary, we will not stop at yielding some of our greatness and haughtiness in the hope of finally deceiving her. If that does not suffice, we will try to destroy her honor of her life. 693. Other demons added their advice and said to Lucifer, By experience we know, O powerful chief, that to bring about the downfall of many souls the most effective way is to make use of other creatures, and by their means we often succeed where we otherwise fail. Let us then plan and contrive the ruin of this woman in this way, first finding out the best time and the most favorable opportunity. Above all, it is necessary that we apply all our sagacity and astuteness to make her lose grace by some sin. As soon as this mainstay and bulwark of the just is lost to her, we can persecute and ensnare her in her forsakenness, and there will be no one to snatch her from our grasp, and we must exert ourselves to reduce her to despair of all remedy. 694. Lucifer expresses thanks for these encouraging counsels and of his followers and cooperators in crime. He commanded and exhorted the most astute and malice among them, to accompany him as a leader in this arduous enterprise, for he did not wish to trust it to other hands. Although the demons assisted him, Lucifer himself, in person, was always at the fore in tempting Mary and her most holy son in the desert, as well as during the whole course of their lives, as we shall see later on. 695 in the meanwhile, our heavenly princess continued to sigh and grieve over the absence of her beloved, and thus the infernal squadron found her when they rushed forward to begin their temptations. But the divine power which overshadowed her hindered the assaults of Lucifer, so that he could not approach very closely to her, nor could he execute all that he had intended. By permission of God, the hellish host, excited in her faculties, many suggestions and various thoughts of highest iniquity and malice. For the Lord did not judge it to be alien to the mother of grace, that she should be tempted in all things, although she was to be without sin and temptation, as was afterwards her most holy son, 696. It cannot be easily conceived how much in this new conflict the most pure and innocent heart of Mary suffered seeing herself assailed by suggestions so foreign and so distant from the ineffable purity and nobility of her heavenly mind. When the ancient serpent perceived the affliction and tears of the great lady, he imagined that he had on this account more power over her, being blinded by his own pride and not knowing the secrets of heaven. Therefore, animating his infernal helpers, he said to them, Let us persecute her now, let us persecute her. Already it seems we are gaining our end, for she feels sorrowful, which is an opening for discouragement. In this mistaken conviction, they suggested new thoughts of dejection and despair, and they assailed her with terrible imaginations, but in vain. For as this flawless stone was struck by occasions of more exalted virtues, so also it gave forth more generously the sparks and flames of divine love. Our invincible queen was so superior to this infernal battery, that her interior showed no signs of change, nor even of an understanding of such terrible suggestions, except in so far as to concentrate herself the more in the exercise of her incomparable virtues and allow the flames of divine love which burned in her breast, to ascend so much the higher. 697. The dragon, though seeing her courage and constancy, and though feeling the force of the divine assistance, knew nothing of the hidden wisdom and prudence of our sovereign queen. Nevertheless, he persisted in his prize and besieged the city of God in diverse ways and several kinds of warfare. The astute enemy during this warfare often changes engines of war, but his machinery was like that of the sting of a weak hornet against a diamond or adamantine wall. Our princess was that strong woman, Proverbs 31.11, on whom the heart of her husband confidently relied, without the least anxiety, lest his desire should be frustrated in her. Her adornments were fortitude, Proverbs 31.25, which filled her with beauty, and her vestments were purity and charity, which served her as a helmet. The unclean and proud serpent could not look upon this creature without being blinded anew in the fury of his confusion. Therefore he resolved to take away her life, and the horde of malignant spirits began to exert their utmost powers toward this end. In this attempt they spent some time, but with just as little success. 698. The knowledge of this hidden mystery caused in me great wonder, especially when I considered the extremes to which the fury of Lucifer was allowed to proceed against the Most Holy Mary in her tender years. And when I beheld the hidden and vigilant defense and protection of the Most High, I saw how attentive the Lord was toward his chosen and only one among creatures. And I saw at the same time all hell lashed into fury against her, and exerting against her in fullest indignation such a wrath as never had till then been exerted against any other creature. And I saw the facility with which God neutralizes the infernal power and astuteness. O oh, more than unhappy Lucifer, how much greater is thy pride and arrogance than thy strength? Isaiah 16.6 Very weak and helpless art thou in spite of thy high-flowing "'pretensions began to confide less in thyself "'and exert no such great triumphs. "'For a tender child crushes thy head "'and sends thee back conquered in all things "'and altogether vanquished. "'Acknowledge now that thou canst do "'and knowest but little, "'since thou wast even ignorant "'of the sacrament of the king. "'Acknowledge that his power "'has humiliated thee by thy instrument "'thou hadst despised by a feeble woman.' by a child in its natural weakness. Oh, how evident would thy ignorance also become in regard to men if they would avail themselves of the protection of the Most High and of the example, the imitation, and the intercession of that victorious and triumphant mistress of angels and men. 6.99 During these varying temptations and combats, the fervent prayers of the Most Holy Mary never ceased, and she spoke to the Lord, Now, O Most High God, While I am in tribulation, be with me. Psalm 90.15 Now that I call to thee with my whole heart and seek thy justifications. Psalm 118.14 Let my prayers come to thy ears. Now that I suffer such violence, wilt thou answer for me. Isaiah 38.14 Thou my Lord and Father, Be my strength and my refuge, Psalm 34. And because of thy holy name, thou wilt deliver me from thy danger. Thou wilt lead me in the sure way and nourish me as thy daughter. She repeated also many mysteries of the Holy Scriptures, especially passages from the Psalms, to invoke his aid against the invisible enemy. With these invincible arms, losing not an atom of interior peace, equanimity, and resignation, but rather confirming herself more therein, she raised her spirit on high, battled with, resisted, and conquered Satan to the inexpressible delight of the Lord, and for her greater merit. Seven hundred. After the Most Holy Virgin had successfully fought these secret temptations and battles, the serpent instituted a new conflict by means of creatures. For this purpose he secretly kindled the sparks of envy and emulation against the Most Holy Mary in the hearts of her maiden companions of the temple. This contagion was much the harder to counteract, as it arose from the punctuality with which our heavenly princess distinguished herself in the practice of all virtues, growing in wisdom and grace before God and man. For where the prodding of ambition is, the very light of virtue darkens and blinds the judgment, and at last enkindles the flames of envy." The dragon, through his secret suggestions, persuaded these simple maidens that the light of this sun, most holy Mary, would obscure them and cause them to be little noticed, that on on her account their own negligence were more clearly apparent to the priests and their teacher, and that Mary alone was preferred in the estimation and judgment of all. The companions of our queen allowed the devil to sow this bad seed in their bosoms, for they were heedless and little experienced in spiritual ways. They allowed it to increase until it grew into a sort of interior abhorrence of the most pure Mary, and this into anger. Filled with this anger, they began to look upon and treat her with hatred, not being done to endure the modesty of that most innocent dove, for the dragon had incited them and had already imbued that incautious girls with some of his own wrath. The temptation, continuing its effects, became manifest, and the temple maidens began to plot among themselves, ignorant of the spirit that moved them. They agreed among themselves to molest and persecute the unknown princess of the world, until she should be forced to leave the temple. Accordingly, they called her aside and spoke to her in very sharp words, treating her at the same time very haughtily. They called her a hypocrite and reproached her with scheming to obtain the favor of the priests, of their teacher while seeking to discredit all the other girls by her complaints and her exaggerations of their faults, whereas she was the most useless of them all, and therefore deserved the hatred of an enemy. This concludes our reading today for Day 79. We've been reading from Book 2, Chapter 18, Paragraphs 689 to 701. What an interesting reading that we have had today, that... Our Lady experienced temptation. Of course, we should not think that she was exempt because the Lord God himself, Jesus, was tempted in the desert. So she also was attacked and assaulted by the evil one, but by the virtue of the Immaculate Conception, she did not consent and did not give in to those temptations. Because she was immaculately conceived, This upsets the devil. Listen to what makes him upset. Her wisdom enrages me. Her modesty irritates me. Her humility annihilates me and oppresses me. And her whole behavior provokes me to unbearable wrath. Well, just think, if we were to grow in these different virtues in our life, if we had humility and if we had good behavior, well, we're going to make an enemy of the devil that he will not like that we have grown in virtue, that we are living a life close to God. And so there are going to be those assaults of the evil one, as we saw in the life of Mary, and that not only will the devil try to tempt us, maybe through our senses or whatever, but that he's going to raise up other people, as we saw also at the very end of the reading, that the other young girls in the temple began to turn against the Blessed Mother because they were envious, because their vices began to show. And so the devil has all of these different tools because he wants us to fall from grace. He doesn't want us to be united to the Lord. He wants us to be his servant and not the servant of the Lord Jesus. I always enjoy reading these prayers of Mary from this book. And so today, as we heard that prayer in paragraph 699, Now, O Most High God, while I am in tribulation, be with me, now that I call to thee, etc. And as I read it, you heard, she quoted the Psalms, Psalm 90, Psalm 118, Psalm 30. She quoted Isaiah 38. And so when we have that great familiarity with the sacred scripture, we're going to take those words that we've read, that we've heard, that we've reflected upon, and we're going to incorporate them into our own language, into our own prayer to Almighty God. And so the prayer life of Mary, this is how we conquer evil in our life, is by turning to God in our time of need, saying, oh God, I am being assaulted by the evil one, by The devil who is prowling about like a roaring lion. That's quoting St. Peter in one of his writings. And we'll pray to God in that time of need. And we know that our God will hear us. And we know that he will deliver us. I'm Father Edward and Throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today. And I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you and Mary pray for you.